The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Misfits Wearables and their brand new smartwatch, Misfit Vapor 2. So I talked about this on my Instagram. You guys know that I love to get my 10K to 15K. Sometimes it's, you know, a little lower, but I like to get my steps in. You know what I mean? Anyway, I also love multitasking. And let me tell you, this smartwatch has it all. It's also very chic. They have a rose gold one, which I love. Right now for our listeners, Misfit is offering an exclusive offer of five free replacement straps with purchase. You can replace the straps, guys. They're so cute. Just head over to misfit.com slash the skinny confidential and enter promo code skinny to redeem. This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Guys, Four Sigmatic is literally one of my favorite companies. We interviewed Taro, who is the founder on the show, and he is amazing. We're even going to Finland with him to forage for mushrooms. Anyways, they have all these powders that are superfood blends, okay? And they're kind of like an elixir too. My favorite is the mushroom hot cacao. I do it at night. It really, really helps with my sweet tooth. So nice to wind down. Anyways, they have a special offer for just TSC, him and her listeners. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash skinny and enter promo code skinny at checkout for 15% off your entire order. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! You know, I've always been someone who sort of marched to the beat of my own drum. I'm always someone who's had a voice. I've always been someone who's used that voice for better or worse. So I think it just comes naturally for me to talk about the things that I'm passionate about. I know a lot of people shy away from topics that are potentially controversial, and I totally respect that and I understand that. For me, it's just that's what I'm passionate about. So if I'm going to start sharing my life with people, I might as well share my life in an authentic way. And so for me, that's what is authentic and unique. That clip was from our guest of the show today, Kara Santana. On this episode, we discuss the work ethic behind the influencer space, misconceptions around the social space, traditional media versus digital media, the biggest secret to personal brand success, and how to digest information so that you don't give in to biases. For those of you who are new, I'm Lauren Everett, the creator of The Skinny Confidential, which is a podcast, a brand, a YouTube channel, and a book. And I'm Michael Bostic. I'm a serial entrepreneur and brand builder, most recently the CEO of Dear Media, which is the podcast network currently representing close to 30 shows, many to launch in the new year. Excited to present some new content. Lauren, happy new year. 2019. 2019, fresh off a plane, back in the studio. If you're looking to be inspired, you guys have to listen to the Ed Millett episode. It's so, so good and has so much fire in it for 2019. That episode is doing really well. We launched that last week. For those of you that were busy nursing your New Year's Eve hangovers and missed it, I would definitely make an effort to go back and listen to that one. It is inspiring. It'll kick you into gear into 2019. Ed was a great guest, one of our favorite interviews, and I don't think you should miss it. I listened to my own episode this morning. Did you hear me? When I was taking a shower, I was listening to the episode because it was so inspiring. Narcissistic much, but okay. (laughs) No, I normally don't listen all the time. This one I had to listen to and go back to because I needed to take notes. I, there was a period of time when Taylor wasn't editing our show and I was editing and I had to listen to all of our episodes and edit them and 
I am ready to take a little hiatus of listening to my voice, which I am not the biggest fan of. Well, wow. So I'm puffy. I'm bloated. I'm ready to kick this year into gear with some intermittent fasting and definitely lots of workouts. I'm in great shape. I'm not puffy. I'm not bloated. My face is flawless. My skin is on point. Taylor, is he serious? No. Well, I just want to, you know, give a little contradiction there. No, I'm just kidding. I still, you are still a vision to behold. And I am not looking nearly as good as I should be after the new year. We drank way too much over the holidays. Everyone's like, I'm not starting the new year hungover. I'm like, listen, I'm nursing about a two week hangover here. What do you, you know, listen, you got to let loose sometimes. So for those of you who don't know, we were in London and Stad, which is in Switzerland, and had a great time, really lived it up and partied. And what we realized is that from the days of the 24th to January 3rd, no one is in office. So we're going to keep that in mind every single year. There was not anyone in office or anyone working, which was very nice. We it's had a break. interesting time to self-reflect and to think about internal work, but it's definitely also a nice time to check out because everyone's on break, everyone's on holiday. We decided this year that, as people know that listen to the show, that we were going to take off for the holidays for the first time ever. And I think um, it's a nice rhythm to get into maybe every other year with the family, every other year on our own. Doing something different around the holidays Lauren and I have never been in um, out of the country or out of actually out of our family's houses or homes during the holidays, and so it was a nice little change up, a little romantic time. We had a lot of romantic time, Got a lot it of woo, in a couple times. Yeah, come on, Michael, honestly, More than a couple times. Oh, a lot of woo, a lot of martinis, but also for me, a lot of self reflection. I brought a lot of books. I I probably read like six books. I journaled a lot, and I really thought about my intentions for 2019. And what I've realized about me is that I have to really be quiet and silent to sort of make my next move. Like I need silence, like two weeks, a week of silence and solitude. And I think that just going away and being away and turning off, really, I mean, we, I wasn't on social media for like a good four days, which is different in London. I took some time off to really enjoy my husband in the city. We had two friends there, Neil and Faith. And so that was so nice. I feel like it's such a recharge and I'm like ready to kill it now. Yeah, it's a great time to to get away and just think. And, you know, we read a lot of nice books over the holidays. There's a couple books that I would recommend that I read over the holidays. One is The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. We're getting ready to have an interview with him. Um, and also I went back and read some books that I'd read in the past. It's, it's interesting because I read a lot of different things throughout my life, or I've read a lot of different things throughout my life. There's an author named James Clavell, who's one of my favorites, who I talked about a lot on this show and who I recommend a lot. But the last time I read his books, I was probably 16, 17, 18. And going back and reading it 20 years later, or however much older I am, 15 years later, um, is interesting to get new perspectives. So um, never be scared to revisit a good book. You'll, you'll be surprised at the gems you pick up on things that you've read in the past and the way that you interpret those things as you get older. The books that I read while I was on vacation because some of you guys were asking on DMs, were Brooke Shields, There Was a Little Girl. I also read Both of Us, My Life with Farrah Fawcett by Ryan O'Neill. And Grace Notes, My Reflections by Kathy Seagal. Remember her from Married with Children and Sons of Anarchy and Eight Simple Rules for My Teenage Daughter. How could I ever forget Peggy Bundy? And then I got obsessed with Farrah Fawcett because of Ryan O'Neill's book. And I read My Journey with Farrah, who's by Alana Stewart, who is uh, Rod Stewart's ex-wife. 
and also reading, obviously, The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene because he's coming on the podcast. So those are some books that I read. Oh, I also read Brutally Honest with Mel B, The Spice Girl. That was that was a little dark, but I liked it still. So those are some book recommendations for you. I feel like all of those books have helped me reflect and learn and take some time for myself. And I think you guys will like them. They're all autobiographies or memoirs. Besides The Laws of Human Nature, that's, that's not a memoir. What would you call that? That's more self-help, self-development? Development, nonfiction. If you're a listener of this podcast and you have not tried Four Sigmatic Powders, you need to. I'm telling you. I would recommend starting with the Mushroom Hot Cacao. We have talked about this multiple times, but it's one that I keep going back to. They come in these little packets that are super easy for travel. And what I do is I just keep them in my tea jar And at night, I'll do like a warm, hot cup of water, and then I'll pour my mushroom hot cacao in there, and then I'll add lemon, stir it up. I got one of those stirs, you know, don't mean to brag, it's been on my Instagram, one of those stirs to stir it all up. And then I sip it in bed while I'm watching Vanderpump Rules and just relax and wind down. It's the perfect treat for when you have a sweet tooth. For me, my sweet tooth usually strikes after 10 o'clock. So this is something that's been really efficient because there's zero calories in it and it's a superfood. I feel like I'm getting my mushrooms in, my superfoods, amazing, right? So if you didn't know, there's tons of benefits and magic to mushrooms, okay? They help you relax, they help you be well, they energize you and they support productivity. So if you want something in the morning and a lot of you guys have asked me this over DM, I would definitely go with the matcha. I think that's one that's so good. I even add lemon to that too, if we're being honest. With lemon, you could add stevia to it. You could even make a smoothie with it with almond milk. It's so, so good. So I actually created a page with Four Sigmatic because I'm so obsessed with functional mushrooms and it's foursigmatic.com skinny. And basically on this page is a curated list of the ones that I like. Anyway, it's all curated for you guys. It's very, very easy. And you can use my code skinny at checkout to save 15%. So if you're looking for a coffee alternative or something to wind down with at night, go to foursigmatic.com skinny and use the promo code skinny at checkout for 15% off your entire order. You guys are going to love these mushroom packets. They're delicious. You just open a pack. You can add it to hot or cold water. And the best part is they don't taste like mushrooms. So just try it. Let me know what you think. DM me, send me pics. I love to see it all. At 15 years old, Kara Santana left El Paso, Texas for California, LA, and she hasn't looked back since. She carved out her niche in Hollywood, and she continues to pursue tons and tons of passions. She is a major entrepreneur, actress, fashion blogger, and producer. She's had roles in Salem, Santa Clara Diet, and CSI, to name a few. She has a fashion blog called Kara Disclosed and a major Instagram account. I don't know how she does it, but with all that, she also has time to do her entrepreneurial journey, which is called Glam Squad. You might have heard of it on my Instagram a few times. With that, let's welcome Kara Santana to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. This is going to be a fun time. (gasps) Sometimes we have rosé, it depends on the day. Oh, I like that. (laughs) All right, so let's hop right into it. Give us your background, your story, where you grew up, what your childhood was like. Man, we're just jumping right in. Sometimes it. that sometimes it throws people because we just jump in and we go back and do the intro later. But, so yeah, exactly. here we are live. Exactly. So here. so my whole backstory. So I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. My last name is Santana, but I'm Italian and Russian. Everyone thinks I'm Mexican. I speak 
fluent Spanish, but I'm actually just a Russian Jew from Texas. I moved out to Los Angeles at 15 years old. I went to boarding school for the performing arts. I always had a passion for acting, and I've been out here ever since, and now I'm 33 years old, and in the past, I don't know, 15 years, gosh, that makes me sound so old, I've had a career in entertainment. I've also launched a tech business. I have a influencer career as well, so I like to think of myself as someone who's got their hands in a lot of pots. Why didn't you do a couple more things? I know. Well, yeah, I have some things on the horizon. <laughs> We're getting into producing and doing some fun things. But I, lo- I love, you know, what I love about it is, and I think I watched my mom do this. She's a huge inspiration in my life. But I love that women today can be multifaceted and we don't have to be in one box. I mean, look at you, for example. You have your hands in so many different pots. And I think that that's really exciting that today we're embracing the modern woman and they're multifaceted and there's lots of duality. So I'm just trudging along in in those footsteps. 15 years old, you moved to LA by yourself? Yeah, I don't know what my parents were thinking. Wait, we need to like dissect that. (laughs) I went to boarding school for the performing arts. So it's not like I was running amok. But yes, I, I was out here pursuing a career in entertainment, getting my education at the same time. But yeah, I look back at my parents and I'm like, if I had a daughter, there's no, no way that she would be living in LA at 15. Your choice, their choice, or mutual? It was mine. I did a full PowerPoint presentation. I knew I wanted to go to LA. I wanted to be an actress. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that living in El Paso, Texas. So I, I begged them. And after a year of public school, they were like, okay, this is her dream. This is her passion. Like, we'll, we'll let her go and do it. So you arrive in LA at 15 years old. Walk us through like what's happening, how how you sort of went from 15 to where you are now. Well, that's it's a long trajectory, but yeah, I, I started going to school at Idlewild Arts Academy, which I which I loved. I mean, it was geared towards people pursuing the arts in a professional capacity. So we, half of our day was geared towards education. The other half was pursuing whatever our craft was. So for me, it was acting, but there was creative writing. There was dance. There was musical theater. There was, there was all different elements, filmmaking, et cetera. And so I did that. I graduated with two, in two and a half years and then moved down into L.A. and started auditioning and, and working in the industry. And sort of that was that. When did you decide that you wanted to take it from acting to to also adding influencer to your resume? So that's such that's such a good question because, you know, as an actress, like we pride ourselves in anonymity and mystique because, you know, we have to be able to meld into any character and into any world. And so with the advent of social media, I was really, really nervous at first to sort of show too much of myself and concerned that it would alienate me from different projects or different roles. And at the same time, I started dating my fiance, my now fiance, and we were getting a lot of attention. He was on a really big show at the time. And so we were getting photographed a lot and people were really interested in and what I was wearing and what I was, you know, my beauty routine and what I was doing for a workout. And he was the one who was like, I really feel like this is a great opportunity to connect with young women because I'm so passionate about, you know, supporting women and cultivating young women. And he was like, this is such a great opportunity to have those conversations. And so I thought, okay, I can use my social platform in whatever way I want to. And so for me, that was about, you know, letting women look and feel their best, which led to obviously starting my beauty company. And so it all sort of melded together in a way that I thought was really genuine and organic for me. When it, when it comes to acting now, uh, you know, a lot of people say now you need a social following to get casted or it helps. Did you encounter any of that or is that so stepping back, deciding to go and present yourself on social? Do you think it was a benefit or do you think it was a hindrance to acting? You know, I think it's what you make of it, obviously, like the, you know, the work is 
what comes first and you obviously have to be really talented. That being said, there's so many talented people who don't get the opportunity to showcase their work because people don't know who they are. And now you have, you know, you've got major movie stars doing television. And so all the lines are sort of blurred and people want to make sure that you're going to tune in, that the audience is going to tune in. And what better safe way is there to do that than finding someone who already has a built-in audience. So I think it's been helpful in a lot of ways. And I think as long as you're presenting what you want to show people, then I think it can be incredibly helpful. How's the response from like say the acting world, like the traditional acting world, like when I think act like Daniel Day Lewis types. I mean, he's at the. Yeah, I mean, he's probably. <laughs> he's probably he's a, your friend, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you know him well. When he listens to when he listens in, he'll he'll call him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Nicole Kidman, yeah. Reese Witherspoon. I was just I spent the weekend with Jamie Fox. Like he's on Instagram. Nicole Kidman's on Instagram. So I think a lot of really high profile, well regarded actors are realizing like they can have their voice. They can put out what they want to put out. And any sort of degree of scrutiny about who they are, they can negate right away and they can present to the world and to their fans exactly who they are. And there's there's power in that because for so long, right, you have tabloids or the media writing about you and presenting information that potentially isn't true. And now you can say, hey, that's not true or, you know, this is how I feel about this. And you can mobilize your audience, whether it's, you know, about politics or social issues. So I think there's a lot of great power. I think anything um, in extreme can be detrimental, right? Everything in moderation. You drink too much water, you drown. So I think there's a balance. And I think finding that balance for everyone is different. But I certainly think overall a super positive thing. Well, it's really interesting because you can control the message now. Like the reason I love this show is no matter what we do publicly, like you can always address it like each week. You say, okay, this is actually what's really going on, right? Like before you were so reliant on the media and they controlled that message. And now anybody can control their own message with their own social or podcast or video, whatever it is. Exactly. The Rock has done a good job. The Rock has done a good job. We were actually talking about him this weekend because he does. I mean, he has such a huge engaged following and he is now the biggest movie star in the world. And I don't think that those two things are mutually exclusive. And I think what it has said to people is, listen, we're evolving as a society, right? So maybe whereas you know, social media was potentially taboo in the entertainment community a while ago. Now we're saying, listen, like there's so much power and you said it really simplistically and very concise and much more articulate than I said it. But yes, you're able to control your own message and control your own image. And I think there's a lot of power in that. I mean, The Rock has almost used social media to leverage his career, like which, exactly. is, which is so nuts. I, it's like you could take it the Angelina Jolie route and not have anything and be this like mysterious creature, or you could take it his route and completely put yourself out there and be vulnerable and use that to get more roles. What advice would you give someone that is that is maybe in Minnesota or Texas or wherever, Nashville, and wants to make the transition and move to LA and dip their toe in the entertainment or influencer world? Well, I think first and foremost, you have to make sure you really, really want to do something because it's work. You know what I mean? It's a job for a reason. It's I think there is maybe this ideology that being an influencer or an actress or running your own business and having a podcast, that it's easy and that there's not a lot of work. But but we know that the amount of time and energy that goes into it is a full-time job. So I would first say you have to make sure that you really, really want to do this because every day is going to be a grind. And then secondly, really hone your craft. Like for me as an actress, it was acting classes and studying Meisner and Stanislavski and Uta Hagen and making sure that I perfected my craft. And I think it's the same thing with the influencer world. Like what is it about you that's uh, messaging is 
unique and different than what everybody else is doing because it's an oversaturated market. How are you going to stand out and really perfecting that and find your individuality and then, you know, run with it? I feel like there's a lot of you guys that like to count their steps, just like me. I, I make it a game to see how many steps I can get in every day. Like I'll do, I, I try to get to 15K, but if I'm being honest, I usually get to 10K. Some days it's a lot lower. The other day, Sunday, I laid in bed all day and it was like 500 steps, which was bleak. Anyways, what I've been using to count my steps is Misfit wearables. I've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast. I even did a giveaway on Instagram. Um, you can actually check me out wearing the watch and it's the Instagram with the purple boots. And when you're picking your strap out, make sure you get the black one. It looks so chic with the rose gold. Like I said, you can see it in the Instagram I posted. So why I like this is it counts your steps, which is amazing. It also has a phone-free music player and smart notifications and alarms. You can also swim with this in shallow water amazing. It has an all-day battery life, and it's compatible with iPhone and Android. I think that if you're not a rose gold person, they also have this black matte one that's super, super chic. The point is it's not some like ugly, disgusting watch. It's very chic. You know what I mean? Like You can wear it with any outfit. I wear it to the gym. I can wear it when I'm working out at home on Skype. I can wear it when I'm doing my conference calls, and then I can take it to dinner or happy hour and not feel bad about it. It's, it's, a, it's a watch that you want to wear. You know what I mean? There's totally a difference. How I picked my watch out is I actually shopped their Instagram, which I think is really fun. Whenever I'm shopping, I like to look at the Instagram because I like to see what's popping out to me. So you can go on their Instagram and actually shop it and you can see what looks cute to you. There's like some girls that are wearing bracelets with their watch or they're wearing their watch to Disneyland or they're at a party. They're doing all these different types of things and you can see how it looks. I think that's important to see how it looks on the feed, you know? I feel like Misfit Wearables is big on personalization. I love personalization. You know that if you read the Skinny Confidential. Anyways, if you want to personalize your own watch, you're in luck. Right now for all TSC listeners, Misfit is offering an exclusive offer of five free replacement straps with purchase. Make sure you get the matte black. Just head over to misfit.com slash the Skinny Confidential and enter promo code SKINNY to redeem. How fun. What's a misconception, and I feel like you and I can have a conversation for hours on this, about influencers? I mean, I think the biggest misconception is that it's not hard work. I mean, first and foremost, I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, oh, I wish I could do that because it just seems so easy, but it's it's not. It's a grind, and I have so much respect for these women and, and women like you. We're entrepreneurs. We're building our own business and our businesses ourselves, and so you don't have the objectivity of building a brand that's outside of you or working for a corporation where there's multiple people building this business. It's like we're doing it ourselves, so I think that that's one misconception, maybe that it's frivolous and superficial which it's not. I mean, every woman I know who's building their own business is incredibly intelligent, is hardworking, is driven, is ambitious. At the end of the day, it's a job. You know, I think, and I got to be delicate the way I say this, I think the reason people maybe disrespect this space is because they're angry that something looks so easy, could be so successful. And they, and they, maybe there's a blatant disrespect for people that maybe come from traditional, like maybe reality TV or traditional celebrity space. And all of a sudden they see some of these women that don't come from that space and don't have that same support from media, getting the same attention, if not more than they get. And they're like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. That's not the way it's been done. And that's why I think that there's a, it's like almost like disregarding how hard people actually work because if, to build an audience from zero to whatever it is, is, is definitely not easy to do, especially if you don't have the support of mass media pushing you. And to do that on your own with a social tool 
not everyone can do. And the reason they disrespect it is because it says more about themselves and their hustle than it than it does about the actual influencer. Totally. And I think it's it's fear based, right? Anytime yep. you're converting behavior and anytime that there is change, there comes along with it fear. So I remember a very, you know, prestigious um, publication wrote an article about Fashion Week and about how I mean, it was Vogue magazine, I'll say it was it was Vogue. Yeah, I remember when they did that. Yep. And I I wrote a piece on my blog about how um, disappointed I was that a magazine and an editor that I really respected was demeaning young women who were basically changing a platform and allowed, you know, the the power that, you know, Vogue.com has, now Ami Song has, or Olivia Culpo has, or Chriselle Lim has, all these girls who've worked so hard and they're selling directly to their fan base in a way that these magazines couldn't. And I wrote this article and it actually broke my blog because I had so much traffic that I might crash. But I basically said, you know, if we're a community of women that are supposed to be empowering other women, then we should be you know, supporting any advent or any evolution of this industry that gives more power to the artists who are selling their clothes or to the media who is writing about them. It's like if we're all in this together, there's power in numbers. So let's not be afraid of the change. Let's, you know, uh, honor it. Let's absorb it. You nailed it on the head that they're scared, right? We'll just talk about Vogue. They produced this magazine for X amount of years and all of a sudden somebody comes along that has one channel self-produced without a whole team done by themselves and it gets more traffic than their their entire magazine right like so that's it rocks them because they want to say no this doesn't work I can't believe it but it does and it is and it's the same thing with maybe people that work their whole life to get on tv or or movies and next thing you know a youtuber comes out and their video gets 10x the views that their whole movie that they base their whole career on and it's it's frightening to people that have been in that space so their default is let's disrespect it and discourage it whereas i'm like let's embrace it it just shows that there's more opportunity a win for you is a win for me it's a win for the community so let's look at what's happening here and embrace that change what terrell owens said on tim ferris remember he said he used to get so mad when he would drive up la cienega and there was a billboard of all these big actors and he would think oh this is so frustrating i was supposed to be cast for that i could have done that and then he started to shift his perspective and realize that what was actually happening was these men booking these huge roles making millions of dollars was actually opening the doors for him to get more money get more fame get more movies you want people in your industry to be breaking down those barriers for you to grow as a person within that industry when it's also not about romanticizing old ways and embracing new ways right like a lot of so many people get stuck saying like well this is the way it's supposed to be done it's like well that's not how consumers are behaving anymore so you have to adjust and change well i mean even just to shift slightly to politics because i'm someone who's like a very invested in the political system you know we thought hillary clinton was obviously going to win the nomination and the presidency and she didn't and it was a huge loss i think for a lot of people for really advocating for the first female president and you can look at it that way or you can look at the fact that yesterday the, the more women were sworn into congress than have ever been sworn in so she like cracked that ceiling for us and now you've got a hundred women who are now been sworn into congress in the 116th congress and that is such a huge stride so for me i look at any opportunity that a woman has as an opportunity for all women and it's not doesn't have to be you know for women in general but it can be for 
artist, you know, as an actor. It's like, okay, if Jimmy Tatro, who's like a huge Vine star, can now have his own series on Facebook and now be cast in a huge film for Universal, that means there's more opportunity for this sort of non-traditional talent that's out there. So I try and look at it as that way. I'm not a competitive person. I'm more of like, I embrace everyone. What social's done right with the visibility i think it's there's so many barriers being broken down right now which i think we're in a really interesting time where so many things that were taboo or not accepted before and now you know you have that one person that maybe it's like a martyr or has to go the you know and take the fall the first time but it, like you said it breaks down so many barriers and that's happening across the board and across multiple demographics right now speaking of politics i know you've taken a stance on social media i've seen you i've watched you i've followed you i'm really inspired by that what inspired you to speak up and all the it, also the vogue thing all these different avenues and categories and really really share your voice I think for me, it just comes naturally. You know, I've always been someone who's sort of marched to the beat of my own drum. I'm always someone who's had a voice. I've always been someone who's used that voice for better or worse. So I think it just comes naturally for me to talk about the things that I'm passionate about. I know a lot of people shy away from topics that are potentially controversial, and I totally respect that and I understand that. For me, it's just that's what I'm passionate about. So if I'm going to start sharing my life with people, I might as well share my life in an authentic way. And so for me, caring about what's going on at the border in my hometown of El Paso, Texas, and going down there and really investigating it, that's authentic. That's real. So why wouldn't I show that? And it's also, I think... What people don't understand is being yourself is what separates you from everybody else, right? And so there's so many incredible women doing incredible things, but why it's so incredible and why people are so engaged is because it's authentic and unique to them. So I just have to be authentic and unique to me, and that's what is authentic and unique. So that's why I share it. Okay, that's definitely the soundbite that we're pulling for uh, uh, for IG stories. I love that so much. It's so true. You do. Ha- you really just have to be yourself. I, I mean, it is that simple on social media obviously there's other things that go into baking the cake but it that is a really important ingredient totally and I have I have a you know spectrum of friends who are you know on social media and who are actresses and models and influencers and you know I I, it's easy to like look at what they're doing and being like wow that's working so well for them like am I missing that part and without fail anytime I try and do something that is not organically mine it will not work people smell it they could say they can call bullshit it real quickly our audiences are so discerning so it's like you have to stay real to you so it's like i have friends that if they started talking about what was going on in the border of el paso texas their audience would probably be like what like where is that coming from but for me i get stopped more on anything than my advocation of border policy my sobriety and being an advocate for people who are you know, struggling with addiction issues and and want to become sober. And so I like have a lot of pride in the fact that that's resonating with people, whether I'm in Texas or New York or Miami, that's what people are stopping and talking to me about. So it's obviously resonating with my audience. So I want to continue to speak to them in a way that they're, you know, coming for me, coming to me and listening about what I have to say. Why did you decide to get sober? Well, I was an alcoholic and drug addict. How old? I got sober when I was 18. Okay. My sister, I I did a whole post and like brought her on. She got sober at the same age and it was life changing. Do you think that that's been like the foundation of building your business and being able to do what you wanted to do? You know, I think 
for me, sobriety is is just a way of life, you know? And so I really am proud of that. And I think that the tools of, of being a sober woman has allowed me to sort of walk through this business with a level of integrity and, and grace that I, I think would have been challenging had I not found that path. And, and frankly, I needed to. So I, I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I did it when I did it. And I think that there is a stigma attached to people who have the illness of addiction. And I'm happy to advocate for the de-stigmatization of that illness. So I'm proud to talk about it. Do you have any advice for anyone out there who's listening, who's maybe struggling with their sobriety? You know, I know enough about this disease to know that until you want to get sober, you most likely won't. And so I would say that if you're thinking about it, or if you're struggling with it, find a meeting, find someone who is, you know, sober, and have a conversation and get into the rooms and sort of embrace the path. The thing that I really love about sobriety and the program that we all work through as we become sober is that it gives people the tools that you know we would all hope that everyone has but that oftentimes we forget accountability responsibility integrity and so I think anyone could benefit from a 12-step program but I really love it because it allows me to sort of walk through a precarious business a precarious world and have these sets of tools that I can pull from and 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 stand strong I love that and I did Al-Anon and and for a little bit and that was really helpful with tools that I can apply to my own life which is crazy because it's for family members to go, but it definitely does help the 12 steps. So what advice would you give to an influencer who's looking to take their business to a different level? Like as an influencer, you now have Glam Squad, which we can talk about, and that's an entrepreneurial business. Do you have any advice for someone who right now is posting on Instagram or maybe blogging, but wants to maybe launch product or a business? Well, I think you have a built-in audience. So I think the best, I mean, it's the best case study because you're talking to people who are interested in who you are and what you're talking about. So hearing what they want is the first case study that you have access to. And then I think the second thing is when it comes to launching a business, I think the most successful businesses are ones where you can identify a problem and then find a solution. That's what people want to know. So whether it's a face mask or a lipstick or hair care or consumer goods it's identifying where there's a hole in the space and how can you make that better so for any influencer who's looking to start a business I would say what are you passionate about what is your audience interested in and then what is the solution to a problem that's already existing that you can help solve and then take that and run with it so we talked earlier about how I believe that you really helped um, pioneer the category of glam how how did you find that niche and and discover it and then how did you create th- th- sort of the category online with an app so i was <laughs> i got booked on a television show where i was playing a 16th century native american indian and we were shooting in shreveport louisiana it's a show called salem on wgn and I booked the job on a Monday. I flew out on a Tuesday, and we started filming on a Wednesday. I had long ombre hair. I had 
fake eyelash extensions, acrylic nails that I think were like, you know, blue or something. And they were like, you're playing a 16th century Native American Indian. Like you need to get rid of all of that immediately. And I was in this new city and I didn't know where to go. And I didn't know, I didn't have a car. And I was like, how am I going to get ready for set, you know, tomorrow? And I started thinking about the marketplace model and what Uber had done. And I thought, surely there was a way to create an equally advantageous platform for both consumer and provider of beauty. How can I go about doing that? And I thought, gosh, you know, I'm just an actress. I don't really know that much about business. I didn't go to college. This, I shouldn't do this. And then I thought to myself, why not? I've identified a hole in the marketplace. Why can I not move to find a solution? So I came back to Los Angeles and I was like, I'm going to do it. And I, you know, little, I went to business school sort of like as I went. That was like the business school of sort of starting your own business. And I just little by little started creating this platform. And I really believed that, you know, we could help cultivate young artists who are looking to build their brand, who are entrepreneurs themselves, and help women, every woman, look and feel their best. And and that's what I did. And so, you know, five years later, we've seen multiple businesses in the same space sprout up and people being able to make careers of being, you know, independently run, you know, makeup artists and hairstylists and nail techs. And I'm really proud of what we were able to do as, as a business as a whole. You know, I like stories like this because we get a lot of questions that you can imagine with the show, people asking how to start businesses. And I think the biggest problem is one, people overthink it and they think it needs to be this grand idea that solves this massive problem. And then two, they think they need to have some level of expertise or experience in order to get started. And like stories like this prove out that it doesn't need to be the the largest idea it doesn't need to be that grand. We could just solve a simple problem and you could just start working on it little by little and taking that step is what b- builds the momentum to build a business. And now, uh, five years later, here we are with me using Glam Squad every second. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, obsessed. So, I'm so excited that you love the business so much. I love it so much because I pay for my time. I'm not, I'm, I, I, Michael, like I, the handbags, the shoes, all that is great. But for me, I pay for time. And what Glam Squad does is it gives me an hour to sit uninterrupted on my computer and finish my emails and return DMs and connect with my community. And it opens that space in my day. And then the best part is, is when I'm done, I feel awake. I feel alive. Like I just got off a plane last night and they were able to come over here and throw on an Ardell lash. And I feel, I mean, I, I mean, things are bleak right now, but I feel a little bit better. You know, well, you <laughs> look amazing. I would never know that you're tired, but that makes me so happy because my whole purpose in creating this on-demand beauty app was allowing women to look and feel their best because I really believe when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you're empowered. And that's what I wanted to give women everywhere. Speaking of beauty, what are your three top beauty tips? And we need specifics. Like if you like a lip gloss, we need to know the brand, which color, like give us everything. So beauty tips. Well, my first biggest tip is like never, ever, ever go to sleep with your makeup on. That is just the worst thing that you can do. Yeah, Michael. I keep making that mistake over and over. But so I love a face wipe. I'm obsessed with Neutrogena right now. So every night, no matter how late it is, no matter, you know, what time I have to be up in the morning, I just wipe all my makeup off and I go to sleep with a clean, fresh face. Two, I'm obsessed with my cuticles. So I always, always have cuticle oil with me because 
I just feel like with the weather, it's dry. You're moving your hands around all the time. You're touching stuff. We could both use a cuticle oil, Michael, if I'm being honest. (laughs) I could use probably a bucket of cuticle oil. I'm really obsessed with Essie right now. So I have like an Essie cuticle oil in my purse that I use. And then Rosebud Lip Salve or Chanel Lip Balm because I hate a chap lip. I hate a chap lip. Okay, so let's get into morning routines. I am obsessed with morning routines. I ask everyone that comes on the show about them, and I have my own very anal, annoying routine that does not involve you, Michael. Lauren's like me. a piranha in Wait, the morning. Are you going to share this morning routine? I, I should share. It's light movement hydration, meditation, and then fiber coffee and a workout. Like, I have to get these things in before that's, he speaks That's part to me. one. That's part one. Then it goes on. No, I need, like, I'd love, like, a tangerine oil diffusing in my house, if I'm being honest. Perhaps a candle. Maybe, like, right now I'm really, really loving. What's that candle? that uh, Capri Blue. I love their volcano. And then I like, like, a vibe in the house. Like, maybe some bossa nova. I'm specific about my mornings. So I want to know your routine. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't need... talk to her until, like, okay. yeah. He doesn't talk to me until, like, 3 o'clock. I love it. Wait, I need to come over in the morning. You're having way You can come fun. over. Do you know who will be there? Glam Squad will be there. She'll be there. The dogs will be barking. I'll be right at work. So I get up really, really early probably about between 5.30 and 6 a.m. Our Glam Squad offices are based in New York, so it's already 9 o'clock in the morning there. So the first thing I do, this is so sad when I wake up in the morning, is I check my emails. I do, I do. I need to know if I missed anything over the evening. I need to make sure that I'm on top of whatever's happening in the morning. So I do that, then I check my CNN app make sure I haven't missed any worldly news while I've been my eight hour slumber. I have to have coffee. I let out the dogs and then I head to the gym and I don't feel like a human until I've had my coffee and worked out. And then what's your workout at the gym? So I train at Rise Movement, Jason Walsh, who I love. He's a graduate of UNC Chapel Hill. He really, he got his degree in physiology, so he really knows the body. So we do, you know, it's like circuit training. There's like cardio and weights and all different types of fun things that are, you know, well beyond me to be able to articulate. But it's working and I feel for 33, I'm looking pretty good. You're looking great. Your skin's glowing. Like, you're looking great. Anything you do nightly? Well, I drink a bottle of water before I go to bed, and I take off my makeup. Those are two non-negotiables, right? I think so. So do I. Okay, so is there something, a trick? I know you work with your husband a lot. Is there a trick of working with your husband? Because sometimes it can be rather difficult. Yeah, what? Well, you guys work together far more closely than Jesse and I work together. Just on the show. Just on the show. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we've been together for 12 years. Yeah, my fiance and I have been together for 12 years. You have to tell us how you met. Like, give us the whole background on that. So he was working on a television show called Desperate Housewives back in the day. My roommate at the time was a hot gardener. Yeah. Okay. So my roommate at the time was also working on the show. And he set us up. We were like, neither one of us were really like into each other. It was like, whatever. Actually, he was my first one night stand. My only one night stand. Nikki's having a heart attack. But... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like my only one night stand. Neither one of us were really into each other. I don't think I was sober at this point. No, I definitely was not sober at this point. And... You know, we went we went on our on our way, and about three years later, we sort of like reconnected, and we've been together ever since. 
You guys are inseparable like me and Michael, though. You guys hang out a lot. Well, you know what I will say? When we are together, we like to spend time together because when we are apart, we are apart. So we're both, like, super independent. He films a show in the summer for four months, and when he's gone, he's gone. I mean, we have days where we don't even talk to each other because we're just on two different time zones, and we're both so busy. So, like, we really have a great balance of, like, when we're together, we really appreciate our time together. We spend all of our time together, and then when we're apart, we're literally apart. That's healthy, though. There's nothing worse, honestly. Like I love Lauren, but I'm not trying to. Chit- we don't want to chit chat on the phone all all day, you know. And when she's gone and I'm gone, it's like dude, you're doing your thing, I'm doing mine. I feel it's kind of strange when you're just constantly like needing attention from. I feel person. like the new thing now is to be in a relationship but have your complete independence at the same time, and a- having a partner and picking and choosing a partner that will allow that space. What well, makes it better when you get back, right? Totally, because you have you have something to talk about. One. Two, you get to share experiences that you had separately, which I think is really valuable. And you get to connect in a way that feels like refreshing as opposed to just being on top of each other. Someone asked me the other day, like, what's your favorite thing about Jesse? And I don't know if this sounds selfish or not, but it is the truth. My favorite thing about him is he lets me be me. He lets me do me. So it's like if I'm like, hey, I'm going to Vegas tonight with, you know, for four days with my girlfriends. I'll see you when I get back. He would never. He'd be like, okay, have fun. And God knows where he would go, Palm Springs with his friends for golfing. We have totally separate lives. And then when we come together, we really value that time. That's the one thing that I think about with social media that I maybe, I don't want to say I dislike because I love social media, but that I, if I did dislike one thing, it's that, is that I think about like our parents' generation, they would, you know, maybe they're in Los Angeles together one day and the next minute somebody goes off and they're gone for three months on a vacation. You come back and there's so much to talk about because you don't know what that person was doing. You don't know where they've been. You don't know their experiences. With stories and social now, it's like you go on vacation, you share the whole thing, you get back and it's like, hey, your vacation looked nice. So there's nothing to talk about anymore, uh, right? Literally, when, <laughs> when you walked in, I said, oh, I saw your vacation on Daily Mail. <laughs> and she goes, how was your vacation? Because no, I saw your vacation. But we just got back, right? It's so I, I think oh, we're losing a little yes. bit of that mystery, not just mystery, but the human connection of being able to like talk about experiences like that. Um, what, what would your take is on that? Well, you know, Jesse's 40. Sorry, Jess, but he just turned 40 and he's active on social media, but he is not like a millennial in the sense that he is like totally engaged. So he doesn't even watch my stories which I find hilarious. And he also doesn't post stories and he posts like maybe once a week. So with him, I actually don't ever know like what he's doing. Like I was with my girlfriend last night and I said that he had left the house at 8 a.m. and it was like a nine o'clock and I still hadn't talked to him all day. And my friend was like, well, what, what is he doing all day? And I was like, I, I have no idea. But I'm sure it's like driving around on his motorcycle, going to a used car shop, like having coffee, like I thrift store shopping, like who knows? But he's actually not as much on social media. So I feel like we, when I got There's home, last, talk about. yeah, I got home last night. I was like, what'd you do all day? And he was like, Mwah. I drove around. I went to a thrift store. I did some <laughs> antiquing. I was like, that's what I thought. You know, so it's like, great. Yeah, I like that, though. I'm not so good on social either. I try to be better, but I'm not. Uh, and I feel it's better because then there's more to talk about, at least in our relationship. But also even with my friends, I'm like, you know, if I see them constantly, they're sharing every single thing. Then I, when I see them, there's not as much to, to share. And I think that's one thing that I dislike about what what the social world's done with us or social media world's done. Share some behind the scenes influencer secrets. It could be anything from from uh, from what how you've built your brand to just like a juicy secret. 
a juicy not not gossip just like something that's like maybe people don't see on the outside darkest (laughs) oh my gosh this is a hard question okay wait let me think well i think i think what i can say about myself is i really treat it like it's a business and so i have no qualms about saying that I utilize people who are better at what they do than I am. And so when I was running my previous company in the tech field, you know, you learn to, you you delegate um, different tasks to people who are better at doing something than you are. And so whether it's photography or videography or editing or management, I really rely on a team. So it is not just me. And I really value that. And I don't think that there's any like shame in talking about it. But I think that people do try and make it appear as though, you know, it's, it's just them. And I'm the kind of person who's like, I'm, <laughs> I like to think that I'm smart enough to know that I can't do everything. And so therefore, I'm going to enlist the people who are better at doing certain things than I am to help me build this brand. So it's not just one person. There are so many people who go you know who are behind the scenes that build and help you know cultivate these people's careers that's how you build a company great advice i agree right you you hire people that are better than you in in areas that you're weak all right i told you i was going to ask you this tips for editing the perfect instagram your Instagram feed is amazing. Really? I think yeah. it looks so bad right now. Why? I the flow's know. good. You do? I think, yeah. think the flow is I'm very good. I'm pretty picky, too. Really? Yeah. yeah, it looks great. It's very um, light and whimsical, but also feels kind of moody. Ooh, okay, perfect. You nailed me to a T. Okay, good. I like to think I'm light and whimsical, but also like a little edgy and moody. So, you know, for me, I like to play. I like to play with colors. I like to play with moods. I mean, I think that's also how I am with my fashion. It's like I wake up one morning and I, you know, I'm like boho chic. And then the next day I'm like biker babe. It's like, you know, you go with what you feel. And I'm sort of the same way on my Instagram. I like to curate content that makes sense. So in the, in the editing world, what I try and do is, okay, if I'm in New York, I know that that background's going to be a little bit more grittier. I know that it's a little bit more um, edgy, the, the backdrops are a little bit more like gritty so I will sort of edit most likely an A6 which is a visco filter because that really brings that out of it I was just in Miami where the, the colors are blue and the you know palm trees are green and you're in a bathing suit and everything's so bright so I moved to S2 which is a filter on um I love these specific yeah well oh. you said specifically okay. I love it but so I really like to create a a feed. I mean, that's part of being a creative person, right? Is is that you really get into the nitty gritty and the nuts and bolts. So, like, I like to really like curate, you know, my experience to my audience. So I play around with what I think works with that mood. I love it. What is a book, a resource, or a podcast that you can recommend to our audience that's changed your life, been inspiring? Skinny confidential. Ah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. You know, I I just read Becoming by Michelle Obama. I thought that it was a really well done book and I got a lot from it. I'm super, super liberal, but I love Bill O'Reilly's Killing series. So I'm a little late. All of them? Yeah, I just finished Killing Kennedy. I'm like a little behind. But I also, people probably don't know this about me. I drive around in my car only exclusively listening to CNN 
all day long. So that's that's sort of where I get my news from, and it's on like a daily feed to the point where my fiance will be like, I cannot listen to this not one more second like we get it we get it you know but that's I, that's my resource I like to feel connected to what's going on in the world and I think that you know for better or for worse like Los Angeles I feel like we're like pretty insulated but there's just so much going on in the world and I I personally don't feel good about myself when I'm not connected to society and what's happening as a whole in our country you feel like CNN does the best of being unbiased or which publication do you think is the best so I, I mean, I think honestly, there's not, there's always a bias, yeah. you know, there's, there's always an agenda, obviously. I actually will flip on Fox News when I'm at home because I like to hear what the other team, what, you know, what people in the more conservative movement are thinking about things. Cause I feel like in order to have a, you know, a perspective and be able to sort of build your own argument and have your own views, it's really important to hear like what is going on on both agendas. MSNBC, I think it is is good, but it's, you know, incredibly liberal. And I have issues with CNN sometimes. I'm like, why are you reporting on so-and-so's breakup? Like, you know, like, we, you know, we've got major issues. You know, Detroit still doesn't have clean water. So, like, why, you know what I mean? Like, why do I care about who just broke up with who? But I think creating the most balanced um, digestion of news is the best way to form your own opinion. So I do drive around listening to CNN because I can stomach them the most. But I listen to you know, MSN and I listen to Fox News. But I think if you if you would just like have C-SPAN on, you probably would get bored. But it's the least biased. No, it's them. it's smart, though, to do that, to digest information that way, because people, you know, they, they pick one news outlet, one or the other. And then what happens is they can't see the other side. And like we were talking about the election earlier, and I don't mean one or the other. But what happened was a lot of these news outlets were only reporting on one side and they didn't realize that there was a whole other side that wasn't being represented. And so it threw people off. And they're like, how the hell did that just happen? It's because they weren't acknowledging both sides of the coin. You have to do that. And I think in any field, not just in politics, but anything. Yeah, I mean, it's about being um, well balanced, you yeah. know, in, in any way. And listen, I'm a Texas girl. My parents and family that are incredibly conservative and, and swing one way. They don't know how they got me as a daughter, but we like make it work. So I feel like it's important to be able to have conversations on an intellectual level that are not just like, you're wrong, but understanding sort of where someone is coming from and how they got to that opinion. And a lot of it is dictated by what they're viewing and how they're digesting their news. So I try and keep it pretty balanced. You are a lovely guest. Pimp yourself out. Tell us Wait, where they was can. Was that meet. an hour? That was, was an, an hour. hour. Oh my god, that went by so fast. Uh, we had the best time. I had the best so time. many gems in this interview. Honestly, mm. thank oh. you. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, I mean, Glam Squad all the way for me. Woo! At Glam Squad. At Glam Squad. My personal Instagram is Kara A Santana. Someone already had Kara Santana, so there's an extra A. Kara A Santana, and uh, yeah, follow me. Uh, what's your blog? Oh, Kara Disclosed. Okay. Any other things you p can pimp out while we're here? Oh, yeah. If you want to catch me on my series with Jimmy Tatro, it's on Facebook. Watch Real Bros of Simi Valley. And then my show on starts. Thank God I have my manager sitting right next to me for those of you who are listening in and wondering why I'm taking giant pauses. My show Vita on Stars comes back in April, season two. We'll be watching. Yay. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having Thank me. You for thanks on. for coming on. Wait, guys, don't go yet. Before you go, I'm going to do a beauty giveaway inspired by Kara. I am going to give away five very beauty TSC items to one of you. I will drop into your DMs and send it to you all packed up in Skinny Confidential wrapping with a Skinny Confidential pop socket. All you have to do is let us know your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram. Make sure that if you are entering these giveaways that you're subscribed and you've rated
rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes, it takes like five seconds. And be sure to tune in on Friday because we have another episode coming at you. This episode was brought to you by Misfit Wearables and their brand new smartwatch, Misfit Vapor 2. So I talked about this on my Instagram. You guys know that I love to get my 10K to 15K. Sometimes it's, you know, a little lower, but I like to get my steps in. You know what I mean? Anyway, I also love multitasking. And let me tell you, this smartwatch has it all. It's also very chic. They have a rose gold one, which I love. Right now for our listeners, Misfit is offering an exclusive offer of five free replacement straps with purchase. You can replace the straps, guys. They're so cute. Just head over to misfit.com slash the skinny confidential and enter promo code skinny to redeem. This episode was brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Guys, Four Sigmatic is literally one of my favorite companies. We interviewed Taro, who is the founder on the show, and he is amazing. We're even going to Finland with him to forage for mushrooms. Anyways, they have all these powders that are superfood blends, okay? And they're kind of like an elixir too. My favorite is the mushroom hot cacao. I do it at night. It really, really helps with my sweet tooth. So nice to wind down. Anyways, they have a special offer for just TSC, him and her listeners. Go to foursigmatic.com forward slash skinny and enter promo code skinny at checkout for 15% off your entire order. 